This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. If you rely on online product reviews when deciding what to purchase, you could be shortchanging yourself. We'll have results of a recent study that may surprise you. If consumers start to assume that these ratings give perfect indications of product quality, they're only going to rely on these ratings and ignore other cues that also have information about product quality. Then, how many hours of sleep do you need? Getting enough shut-eye is critical if you want to perform at your best. We do not adapt. If you need seven hours of sleep, you do not adapt to five or six hours of sleep per night. And you cannot catch up fully over the course of a single weekend. Those two stories and much more are coming your way on this week's show. Don't go away. InfoTrack gets underway right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. If you put your trust in online product reviews before you buy something, you might want to think again. A recent study says those reviews may not always be accurate. Bart DeLang is a co-author of that study. He's assistant professor of marketing at the Leeds School of Business at the University of Colorado. You examined a vast amount of data in this research. Give us an idea of how big your data set was. Well, we examined about 1,200 products across 120 product categories for a total of more than 100,000 ratings of products. Wow. And what were your findings? What did you discover? Our main finding is that the ratings that consumers give to products online on retailer sites such as Amazon show surprisingly little correspondence with the ratings that experts for instance, from consumer reports, provide for the same products based on tests in lab settings. So if you would take two alternatives in a product category, just pick two randomly chosen car seats, for instance, and assess the likelihood that the alternative that is rated higher by consumers is also rated higher by experts, that would be 57%. 50% would be a coin flip, would be complete randomness. So online ratings provide a little better information than a coin flip. Are people just inept at judging products, or is there some bias going on there? There's a variety of reasons. The first category of reasons is nefarious in nature. So companies post favorable reviews for their own products and unfavorable reviews for competitors' products, so they're fake reviews. Consumers post ratings for products even if they've never purchased or never consumed a product. The second category of reasons relates to measurement issues. There's a lot of selection biases in the sample of consumers that rate products online. So for instance, who are the consumers that rate products online? Those consumers have actually purchased the product. So these consumers like the product enough to actually purchase it. So they're going to evaluate the products more favorably than a randomly selected consumer who decided not to purchase the product. So this is a purchasing bias. Another bias is what we call the brag and moan bias. So conditional on purchasing the product, who are the consumers who are likely to post the review? Well, it's those consumers who are very satisfied with their purchase or very dissatisfied with their purchase. 
And so as a result, you get these J-shaped distributions that have a disproportionate number of fives and a disproportionate number of ones and not enough consumers who give the product a rating of two, three, and four. So the moderate consumers are undersampled. And that is a problem. If you want to form a good opinion about the quality of the product, you'd want to know how consumers who decided not to purchase the product would evaluate the product and how consumers who decided to purchase the product but are only moderately satisfied would evaluate the product. And you don't get that information by going to Amazon, for instance. And then a final category of reasons is related to the difficulty of assessing product quality. If you think about it, assessing product quality is a very difficult task. Ideally, you would evaluate or compare multiple alternatives under exactly the same conditions. So take, for instance, car seats. If you want to evaluate the safety of a car seat, what you'd want to do is purchase multiple car seats and then put them in cars and do crash tests with dummies in their car seats and see which car seat is safer. Consumers rarely evaluate products under these conditions. What they do is they purchase one product, one alternative, one car seat, for instance, they take it home and they experience how it works under very specific conditions that are idiosyncratic to them and then they evaluate the car seat online. So these conditions are not ideal for evaluating the true quality of products in an objective and even-handed way. We're talking on InfoTrack with Bart DeLang, co-author of a study to uh, see if online product reviews are accurate or not. Bart, is there a minimum number of total reviews that could make reviews more reliable? In other words, if a product had 5,000 positives versus 50 positives, would that make any difference? That makes a huge difference. The sample size, the number of consumers rating a product online is an important cue to take into account when using ratings to form an opinion about product quality. If 500 consumers have rated a product and the average rating is 4.5, that is much more informative than if five consumers have rated a product and the average rating is 4.5. We've done many studies and what we find is that consumers tend to virtually ignore sample size and they rely on a sample of 20 consumers as much as on a sample of 500 consumers. We've been talking a lot about Amazon reviews here, but what about some of the other review sites that are popular, such as Yelp? Do you have any comments about their accuracy? It's important to make a distinction between vertically differentiated product categories and horizontally differentiated product categories. We have examined vertically differentiated product categories. These are categories where quality can be objectively measured such as the safety of a bike helmet or the accuracy of a blood pressure monitor or the reliability of a car battery. Horizontally differentiated product categories are different in that if you prefer one type of ice cream and I prefer another brand of ice cream, who's right, who's wrong? Each customer has some kind of ideal point that matches with their utility function. So if you're talking about Yelp and restaurants, that is an example of horizontally differentiated product categories. And so it's harder to objectively rank restaurants or hotels in terms of their objective quality because consumers may just have different subjective preferences. Interesting. We're light years ahead of where we were before the Internet when a consumer had to buy a product. They were pretty much in the dark unless they subscribed to Consumer Reports, perhaps. Do these online reviews, even though they're inaccurate, they are helpful in some level, aren't they? 
you're right. We live in a completely different world now than 15 years ago. 15 years ago, you're considering to make a purchase in a product category. You ask your mom or your dad what to do. You ask a salesperson what to do. You can rely on brand information or on price, assuming that higher priced products have a higher quality. And now we can look at online ratings. The problem is that if consumers start to assume that these ratings give perfect indications of product quality, they're only going to rely on these ratings and ignore other cues that also have information about product quality. So in our studies, for instance, we've asked consumers, do you think that online ratings and reviews provide the same information as the ratings from experts of consumer reports? And people tend to believe that is the case. So people think if I go to Amazon and I form an opinion based on other consumers' reviews, then I get exactly the same information as if I go to consumer reports. So there's no need anymore to subscribe to consumer reports. And that, of course, is the risk. In reality, now we have an additional new source of information But it's an imperfect proxy, and that is what consumers should realize. Consumers should continue to consult salespeople, should continue to rely on price, partly as a cue for quality. On average, higher-priced products are of higher quality than lower-priced products. They should also consult expert sources. They should rely on brand to some extent, but not too much. So the ideal consumer considers all these sources of information. Very interesting. Bart DeLange, co-author of that study. He's assistant professor of marketing at the Leeds School of Business at the University of Colorado. Bart, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Next, not getting enough rest? A sleep expert shares some eye-opening advice. Coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this. 